How are y'all this morning? I'm great. Fantastic. <laughs> so, disclaimer, I have one earring in because the earring last week kept hitting the mic and making the noise. So, you see one earring? Just mind your business. Okay. <laughs> so, today we're continuing on this little revelation, not little, large, revelation series. So, last week we were talking about revelation, how the revelation of the word is really what has the power in it, is what you know of the word, not just what's written in the word, but what you actually apply in your life is where the power is. So we're going to continue on that, and today we're going to be talking about the triune being, spirit, soul, and body. So you know when you bust out the whiteboard, you know it's serious. <laughs> Going to school today. So... <laughs> So a lot of times I feel like people don't know the difference between spirit and soul and just interchange them like they're the same word, but they're not. And the Bible actually makes a distinction between the three. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is what we're going to open up to. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. While you're opening up to it, I'm going to pray. Chloe, can you turn me to that while I pray? Lord, thank you for today. Father, thank you for your holy, anointed, powerful word, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we thank you for the revelation of your word today, that every heart is ready to receive your word this morning, that we're here, we're glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. We were glad this morning to come to your house, to hear your word, and to grow in you, Father. I thank you that this morning service, Building the Believer, does just that. I thank you that every believer in this Room is built up today, edified today, for that is the work of, of the fivefold ministry, is the edifying of the body of Christ. So, Lord, we thank you for much edification this morning. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Chloe. So, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Oh, okay. So it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see, Paul makes a very clear distinction here between spirit, soul, and body. Now, most people, it are very, it's very easy to say, okay, this is body, and this is either spirit or soul. But the distinction between spirit and soul, I think, is where some of the confusion can be. And so Hebrews 4.12 we're going to switch now to Hebrews 4.12. I just wanted to show you that clear distinction there uh, where it says well, God uh, will sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. And so he wouldn't specify if they were the same. What did I say? Hebrews? Yeah, Hebrews 4.12. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12. Glad you're listening. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God, I just used it when you're praying, for the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you see, it says sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit. So you can see there is a, there is a, a closeness of soul and spirit for it to have to say even between soul and spirit. So you can see that although there is a clear uh, you know, distinction where he says spirit, soul, and body, you can see in Hebrews chapter 4 that 
they are very closely related. And so that's why there can kind of see, you can kind of see this issue of knowing the difference between spirit and soul. And it says even uh, and of joints and marrow, it's giving you an example there of how closely related, you know, joints and marrow are. So with spirit and soul, how closely related that can be. And then it also says thoughts and intents of the heart. So even your intents and your intentions and how you think, how closely related that is. But it says the word of God is what divides it. The word of God is how you can go, okay, this is spirit, this is soul. So let's get into it. So the spirit. I would say a lot of times where you may have heard teachings on this, which is good if it's sound teaching, but a lot of times uh, most of the weight is on spirit as a Christian. And that's good. I could understand why, because that's how we connect with God. Let me start writing it on here. Because that's how we connect with God. So our spirit is how we connect with God. And so no one will debate that, okay? But the thing is, the soul actually has a lot, uh, it has a large role in the life of a believer, in the life of a Christian. I feel like the word soul can kind of get a bad rep. And that's because we know, if you uh, listen to teachings of Kenneth Hagin, that the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. This is also, this is also where uh, your desires live is in the soul. This is also where your imagination lives is in the soul. Let me just write that actually. <laughs> Desire. We don't talk about that a whole lot in imagination. Pastor Dale does. If you, sorry, hold on. <laughs> if you are here and you have listened to Pastor Daryl, um, his teaching on imagination is powerful. Amen. His teaching on imagination is so good. I hope he does one soon so you guys can hear it. If you haven't heard him t teach on it before, if you've been here for, you know, at least a year, I'm sure you've heard it. His teaching on imagination is super, super, super um, enlightening. But I would say that a lot of times we don't realize how much of the soul actually plays a role in the Christian life and in how we operate and how we move even in the things of God. And so the spirit is super important. We connect with God and also we also... Move my page. We also know and comprehend heavenly things with our spirit. Comprehend. Sorry, this handwriting. I probably should have someone else write as I talked. <laughs> heavenly things. So your spirit is how, is how you receive from God. It's straight up spirit to spirit. But um, our spirit also a lot of times he get mixed up with Holy Spirit. Kenneth Hagin talks about this. So, quote from Kenneth Hagin is, he made a distinction between our spirit and the Holy Spirit, saying that most people, you're actually, when you hear something, well, most people will just say, oh, the Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost told me. But he actually has a teaching where he says, it's usually, like 90%, it's actually your spirit. Your spirit that you've poured into and built up with the word of God, it's actually your spirit. And so he makes a distinction 
in one of his books that he says, usually when it's dealing with you, something with your life, it's actually usually your spirit. And when it's the Holy Ghost usually tells you something about someone else, it's the Holy Spirit. You could, have known, you could have known that in your spirit. And so your spirit, oh wait, well, let me not write that actually. Your spirit actually is how you receive from God, which is connected to God. That's why I didn't write it because it's kind of the first point. <laughs> it's how you receive from God for yourself and for your life, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you concerning other people. So there is a distinction also between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, when you receive the Holy Ghost, he comes to live inside your spirit. So you say, he lives in me. He does live in you inside your spirit. So that's where the Holy Ghost dwells, is in your spirit. Now, the soul is the middleman. The soul, which is the middleman, has to do with your understanding. So last week, when we were talking about revelation, we were talking about the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, like Ephesians says. So your understanding is actually in your soul, but it pours out from your spirit into your soul. So we're going to be talking about the flow of spirit to soul to body here in a second. But the soul, this is a great quote from John G. Lake. He says, the soul takes the knowledge that the spirit has attained and expresses it to the outer man. So the soul is a lot of times likened to your subconscious. Subconscious. So your soul is actually delivering the information that has been downloaded in your spirit to the rest of your, the outer man, to the rest of your body. So the spirit is known as the inner man. Let me write that too. The spirit is known as the inner man. And the Bible talks about that a lot. You can see when he's praying, uh, or when Paul is praying, he talks a lot about the inner man. The inner man is your spirit, and the Bible says that the spirit of man is the candlestick of the Lord, lighting all the inward parts of the belly, meaning the rest here. <laughs> and so... The spirit, your spirit, is where that uh, revelation is downloaded, is into your spirit. But the soul processes that information and brings it to your mind. Mind, will, and emotions. So I know this is a lot of information. It's, very, it's a lot of information this morning. But this is very key in understanding your walk with Christ. Amen. Especially the soul part. Yeah. So we're going to really dive more into that today. Because I feel that we have heard a lot about spirit. But soul, like I said, has gotten a bad rap. It's gotten like, you know, you say in the soulish realm or in the sense realm, which you could understand. You can use that vernacular. It makes sense to say that. But the soul is actually going to lean either toward the spirit or toward the body, depending on what you, or in other words, flesh. Let me write that under it. other words, flesh. Depending on what you do with your soul, which is your mind, what you're thinking on. It's either going to lean toward the things of God or it's going to lean toward the things of the flesh. We're not going to write a whole lot on the flesh today. That's probably going to stay pretty empty today. We could go into it. There are good things with the body to work out, for you to do well. You know, your body is a gift of God. It is your earth suit. You have to take care of it. Actually, let's write one thing just so one thing is on this side. <laughs> take care of your earth suit. I'm going to write earth suit. <laughs> take care of it. Actually, little, this, yes, it is the temple of God. 
You know what? That's good. You're helping me up here. <laughs> Amen. It is the temple of God. So, your earth suit, take care of it. Actually, Kenneth Hagin said at the end of his life, you know everything Kenneth Hagin did? Papa Hagin, Dad Hagin, come on. You know, who, you know him in this church. Okay. At the end of his life, of everything he did, he actually said, there is one thing. I wish I took care of my body more. He said, I could have lived longer. So there is an importance of taking care of your body. I'm just not doing a big teaching on it this morning. <laughs> what did you guys learn about? Go to the gym, eat an apple a day, you know. <laughs> Maybe next week, okay. <laughs> we'll have Chloe, have Melanie Hayward help us for that. <laughs> so the spirit and the soul, the distinction between the two, is what we're really getting into. So the importance on uh, the spirit makes sense, like I said, because you're connecting with God, but the soul is actually the governing power. The soul is the governing power of you. Bolo, star, governing power. So the soul is actually the governing power. That's a, also a quote from John G. Lake. Great man of God. Yeah. You should read this book. Here, let me show you what it is. <clears throat> There's this book. I'm actually going to read a little bit of it in a little bit from it. It's called Spiritual Hunger and Other Sermons by John G. Lake. So this is like the new updated version. Someone I know said this was the ugly version. That's okay. The cover. There's another cover that's the original. That's kind of like maroon. So if you see a maroon, a maroon one with a plate on it, with a Bible on the plate, that's the original one. But if you go on Amazon, that one's like 70 to $200. But then if you go on... Um, Christ for the Nations website, it's $5 for this one. And it's just a different cover. So up to you, you know, if you want to spin out on the cover, that's on you. But this is a really, really good book. Again, it's called Spiritual Hunger and Other Sermons by John G. Lake. Super good. So the Christian walk has a lot to do with the soul. If a man thinks he is sinful, sin consciousness, that's the mind, what you're thinking on, then he will act sinful. If the man believes that he is holy, he will act holy. In your spirit, it's already been done. You've been made whole. You've been redeemed. You've been healed. You've been brought back to the Father. Everything that has been done in Christ has been done in the spirit realm. It's all been done in the spirit realm. But wouldn't you like to see that healing, that redemption? Wouldn't Wouldn't you like to see that in your body, that healing? Wouldn't you like to see that redemption in your soul, in your mind, to walk knowing who you are in Christ, knowing who you are in Christ, that's the soul realm. And so we're going to get into a second how to bring that healing over to your body from the spirit realm. So if a man is holy, he'll act holy. Proverbs 23, 7. Go to Proverbs 23, 7. A lot of you probably know this by heart, but we're going to go there anyway. Proverbs 23, 7. Speaking of, while you're turning there... Actually, also in Proverbs, where it says to that, uh, incline your ear into my sayings, let them not depart from your heart, uh, from your eyes. Whenever I was reading that in the beginning of Proverbs, actually, let me just go to that real quick. It should be four. Yep. four twenty through 22. My son, give attention to my words. You don't have to turn to this part. Go to well, the first one I said, Proverbs 23, 7. But I'm just going to read you Proverbs 4 real quick. My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. 
So where it says, don't let them depart from your eyes, I was reading that the other day. And I thought, you know what? I'm so quick to quote the word, which is good because it should be so in you that you're just quoting it. It's just flowing out of you. However, he made a clear distinction there, not only in your heart, he said, but also with your eyes. So the way you were built, the way you were made, it's very important also, you know, ear gates, eye gates, what goes into the heart of man. What goes before your eyes is also super important. So even if you know a scripture by heart, if, you, if you're standing on your, he, you know, the word of God for your healing, look at 1 Peter 2.24, look at Isaiah 53, look at Galatians 3.13, actually read it, not just quoting it, but actually look at the words over and over and over. You know that the world knows about that. That's what they do with ads. They show things before you all the time. They're putting things before your eyes all the time. Movies. And how much propaganda is in movies, especially back in the day. But even so now, a lot now too, where it was just a little bit more blatant. Yeah, it's actually starting to get blatant again, actually, right in, right in your face. But, you know, how much propaganda is in movies because they, they know what's in the eyes of the people will be on the inside of the people. So I want to just encourage you, this one's for free. This doesn't have to do with the sermon. This is just a little freebie. Is to also put the word of God, remember to put it before your eyes. That might sound like a very basic, a very obvious, oh, I know that. No, I'm telling you. You think, oh, I know that. I know that. Put it before your eyes and watch what it does. Keep looking at it. Keep looking at it. Because if it says it, if that's what, um, what was said in Proverbs, then you ought to do it. Amen. So Proverbs 23, 7 is where we're going. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And so there's more, but that eat and drink, he says to you, his heart is not with you, but we're focusing on 23, 7a, <laughs> where it says, where he thinks in his heart, so is he. So in your imagination, in your mind, your will, it's actually saying, if you think it, that's how you are. That's who you'll be. That's how you'll act. So you see how important the soul is in, this, in your triune being. We're a triune being like God is triune. God, the Father, Son, Jesus, Holy Spirit. So we're triune, and it's very important to understand the three parts of man like it is to understand the three parts of God. Amen? Amen. So Romans 12, 2. I'm going to go to Romans 12, 2. And I know the early morning services, it's a teaching, and we have, uh, we don't put the scriptures up on the screen, but you know what? I like it, as you go to it in your Bible. Even though I do appreciate it during the main service to have the scripture up there. Romans 12, 2. But this is school. We're going deep here. Bring your Bible. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. Your mind. By, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're transformed because of what's happening in your soul. Again, the importance of your soul here. Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You prove the perfect will of God in your life Amen. by what's going on in your soul. And so the reason it gets such a bad rep is when we say, oh, that could just be your soul. Like, for example, you know, when you have like a dream or you have some, a revelation from God or something like that. And someone, you know, well, make a distinction. Is that, is that spirit or is that just coming from your soul? Which is a good point. 
Because some things can be just coming from your soul. There are people that, you ever had a word, you know, a word for somebody? That might have just came straight up from their soul, something they overheard or they thought about you, they felt, so then they gave you this word. Okay, so (laughs) we make a clear distinction between the spirit and the soul here. But the soul is not bad. This is where transforming takes place. All emotions aren't bad either, but being controlled by them, that's the problem. Emotions are given by God. God has emotions. God has feelings. If you didn't have feeling, you would be a cold robot. So emotions and feelings aren't bad. There's a righteous anger. You should get a righteous anger when it comes to certain things. God In the word of God, it doesn't only say love what he loves. This is a bore. Hate what he hates. The word abhor, that's even stronger than hate. Abhor, hate what he hates. You have to have some righteous anger toward the things of, the, of Satan, toward the kingdom of darkness, what he's doing to children, what he's doing to the youth, what he's doing in this world and trying to, trying to put bondage on people. That should make you angry. That should make you upset because that's a passion to do something about it. So there is holy emotions. There are things that are feelings and in the soul realm that are of God, but it's going to come from your spirit. It's not things that are coming from your flesh where you're getting angry and sinning, where it's things that you shouldn't be angry at. This is actually a work of the flesh. There's a difference there. But I want to talk about how healing in your body, the Word of God has a couple of different avenues when it comes to healing. There's been, you know, have the elders pray for you, have hands laid on you, it says in Mark 16. But the Word of God... Letting the word of God, by revelation of what has been done in Christ, is actually the ultimate way as as you walk um, as a believer to not only receive but to attain and keep your healing. So Kenneth Hagin taught this a lot because he would notice that he would pray for people and he'd lay hands on them and it'd be awesome and that's wonderful and that's a gift of God. But then when they got up and they left and months go by and they say, oh, it happened again or it came back on them or they didn't um, keep their healing... Kenneth Hagin really, really went to teaching on healing because of this. And so really as a Christian, as a mature believer, the more mature in your walk with Christ, the more you'll rely on the word of God transforming you and the word of God rather than having someone else pray for you, having someone else lay hands on you. What if you're somewhere where someone else isn't there to lay hands on you? What if your pastor's not there? Not only this, we aren't just to rely on our pastors and those in the fivefold ministry. We, as the body of Christ, are to walk in those same fruits, for it's meant for everybody. The word is for everybody. And so as you mature in Christ, then you'll actually be able to stand on and hold on to everything that's happened in Christ in your spirit. But I want to show you how it goes from spirit to soul to body. So <clears throat> this is actually a good teaching from Pastor Trina Hankins. She has really good teaching on it. She has a really good book on it, too. Amen. Healing, the healing scriptures, her healing book is really good. I'm sure you've seen it because they come a lot. It's at the book table. Get it next time she's here. So she talked about this one day, that healing, as you know, is in the word of God. You know that it's taken place in your spirit if you've been born again. I don't want to go super deep into that today, um, but what the work of Christ has done has been done in the spirit realm, and you're just as much healed as you are saved. You're just as much redeemed. You'd have to be redeemed to be saved. 
Again, I don't. I would love to get into that because that's a really good topic, but not today. So you know that you've been healed just as much as you are saved. Well, well, how, I need to see that in my body, right? Okay. So if you take it from your spirit, if you take it from the word of God, which is telling you that it's been done in the spirit, and you meditate on it, meditate on it. The word meditate actually means if you break down the word, if you transliterate it, not just translate it, but if you transliterate the word, it means mutter. The word means mutter. So mutter is like this. When you're reading, you ever reading something and you read it over, you read it like three times, so then you have to start reading it out loud so you can understand it better. And you kind of read it to yourself, so you're kind of like, all right, first day through the grace of God is giving you everyone who has one. You start t- kind of reading it like that. That's muttering. And so when they wrote that word to meditate on, they actually knew that um, not only back in the day they would get up uh, before a congregation, kind of like how this is, and they would read the word of God and they would each speak it and they would mutter it and they would speak it over and over. And actually um, in the Jewish law, they would actually have to recite as a boy. To, when you're like 12 years old, you, re- you remember the whole first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. But to mutter, they knew the power of your words. And so when you're meditating, it actually means to speak it out loud. So when you're reading the word, it's not enough just to read it, but you have to say it out loud. Speak it out loud to your own body. Yeah. This is, um, what is her name? She used to come with Dr. Mary Fran. Um, oh. Yes, yeah. Reverend Jin Tringale. <laughs> Reverend Jin Tringale. She actually said this a long time ago when she came here. She said, your heart believes what your own mouth speaks. So your heart actually will believe what you say more than anyone else's voice. You know your own voice, and you will actually believe yourself what yourself is saying before anyone else. And so as you read the word of God and you speak it out loud, it's actually being developed in your heart and in your soul, and you will actually start training your mind to think God's thoughts rather than think the world's thoughts. So that's what being transformed in your mind is. <clears throat> so if you take Isaiah 53, if you are saying this out loud to yourself and you're reading it, so it's before your eyes, you're hearing it because you're saying it out loud, so you got your eyes, your mouth, and your ears involved, and you're going, okay, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am the healed. I am the healed because of his stripes. And when you say this and you meditate on this, Amen. you start to believe it. Yeah. Not the first time you read it, the third time you read it, more like the 578th time you read it. Because as you read it and you read it and you read it, your mind will actually transform and change. There's actually scientific proof. This is um, Caroline, Dr. Caroline Lee. She is a brain, what is she? A neurologist? Something like that. She studies brains. Is she? I know she's not a surgeon, but she studies the mind. But she uh, studies how the brain works in correlation to your soul and to your spirit. Super good, too. You should get her books, too. I'm just promoting everybody this morning. Get everyone's books. Okay. Dr. Caroline Leaf said that in your brain, there's actual channels. There's branches. If you look at a picture of a brain, you can see branches in the brain. And so she was saying that your brain can actually rewire to think differently. And the way you do that, it's kind of like a trail. 
So you know in the woods, you take a machete and you go through and you cut down all the, the branches and the leaves to make a trail. Well, your brain, to make it easier on your brain, when you think something over and over and over again, it creates a trail in the brain so it's easier to get back to that thought each time. It's faster to get back to that thought. You don't have to think about it so hard. Like, you know, the toddler, when you could tell when it's processing and they're trying to tell you a sentence and they're trying to figure out what it is they're trying to say. And so it's like taking some time. But as they talk and as they talk, it becomes easier and they don't have to think as hard. So your brain kind of does that for you to make it easier. And so you create trails and these branches in your brain when you think about something over and over. Now, <clears throat> Dr. Caroline Leaf actually has done extensive research on this. And so you should read her stuff, but I'll give you a brief overview, is that she says that although that um, trail has been kind of blazed there, you can actually reroute it if you would stop mid-thought, turn, and think something else over and over, you'll start to blaze that trail, and that one will not be used anymore, and the new branch will be used. And so your brain inside there kind of looks like a tree, all of these branches of these thoughts. And also she says that um, your brain cells actually can be re, uh, redeveloped. Like you've always heard probably growing up, that's what they say, like, don't smoke weed because your brain cells don't ever, you don't gain more brain cells. She actually says that you can actually get more brain cells. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So <laughs> these branches that are formed in your brain have been formed by your thinking your whole life. The way you've been taught to think, the way you've thought this whole time. And so that's why a lot of times getting someone to transform their mind into the word of God can sometimes take time because you've thought this way for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and now you're rerouting all of those branches to think differently. But this is actually <clears throat> the way the word of God works. This is how you are transformed in your mind to the word of God. And so as you take that path in your brain, by his stripes I'm healed, by his stripes I am healed, you're meditating on it, meditating on it, you're getting it in your imagination, now you're seeing it, and it's getting down into your will and into your emotions, now you're getting, oh, I, by his stripes I am healed. It's getting into your very soul, and from that it can move to your body. But it takes you speaking the word of God meditating on the word of God, meditating on it, meditating on it, thinking on it, thinking on it, and then it can flow into your body because it's a flow from spirit to soul to body. And so that's why, that's why we're so big on meditating on those healing scriptures, meditating on who you are in Christ, meditate on the word of God of who you are so that you can actually walk that on this earth. Amen? <clears throat> Pastor Daryl has said this before. You're saved, but like we want to see that you're saved. So, you know, the scripture that says um, to work out your salvation with fear yes. and trembling. Amen. So a lot of times we see people get into workspace salvation. They might use that. Oh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But that's, not what that, that's not what that scripture is saying. Because we know that it's only by grace through faith that we're saved, not of ourselves, lest anyone should boast. Yeah. And so what it's actually saying there is working out your salvation, work it out from the inner man to the outer man. From your spirit, let it move into your soul. We want to see that you're saved and into your body. We want to see that you're saved. Amen. You just say, oh, like I'm saved, but you act like everybody else. That's not, he said in 1 Thessalonians, sanctification of spirit, soul, and body. 
That means your soul, how you think, how you talk, how you act, your personality, and your body, the temple of God. These two should also be sanctified. Amen? Amen? And so people get it twisted when they start going backwards. They try to do outward works to gain salvation when really salvation moves, moves to the outward part. That's why the Lord was like, you know, on the inside, like on the outside it might look clean, but on the inside you're ravenous wolves, you're snakes, you're vipers, you're a dirty cup on the inside. And he, when he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're doing everything from the outside to look good, and yet the inside is nasty. And so really the real flow is spirit to soul to body. That's the real flow of how things work in a Christian's life. Amen? Amen. 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 Good stuff. <laughs> you pick up things in the spirit. That's how you, you do pick up things with your spirit. The spiritual things you pick up with your spirit. Yes. But then if you decide to follow that or not, that's your soul. Yeah. That's why you want this so renewed to the word, so close to, the wor- to, to what's happening in your spirit, man. You want to feed your soul with spirit and not with flesh. Yes. So that when it comes down to the Lord's telling you something in your spirit, that you immediately obey, that you immediately change your mind on that thing. If he says, no, don't get offended about that. No, you need to love them. You need to immediately go, no, I'm not going to get offended about that. No, I need to love them. Or, you know, whatever it is the Lord's talking to you about. But until you train your soul, until you train your mind, your thoughts, your, your emotions, until you train your soul to match up with the word of God, to match up with what's happening in the spirit realm, has already happened in the spirit realm, then you will automatically lean toward your flesh. You're in a flesh world. You're in a fallen world. So the the, the, um, default setting is the flesh. You're going upstream when you're leaning towards spirit, but you're built to go upstream. You're built to be different than the world. Light is different than darkness. It is exact opposite of darkness. And so you are supposed to go against the grain. is, uh, has any of y'all been in Pine Hills? Have any of yeah. you guys been in Pine Hills? You know that, that wall with the fish on it that's going opposite stream? Y'all, that's like the famous wall. That's what I just pictured just now, talking about going upstream. I used to live in, we used to live in Pine Hills a long time ago, and I remember always seeing that wall. And um, it's talking about going upstream, opposite to what everyone else is doing. And so that won't happen, though, until you train your soul. You know how baby Christians, people just getting you know, acquainted with the word of God, their soul has not been trained. That's why you're like, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you wearing that? Why are you saying that? Why are you listening to that music? Their soul has not yet been trained. Although their spirit man is born again. When you were born again in your spirit, were you automatically right then and there? Did you stop cussing, stop whatever to smoking or drinking or whatever it was? No. What happened is you read the word, and as you read the word, the word read you. And it became, the ins- on the inside of you, you started to think. Oh, hit the mic. You started to think and, and, and desire and imagine the word. And so you started slowly being transformed. You see, your walk with the Lord, this race that Paul talks about, he talks about endurance. Endurance is like cross-country. It's not sprinting. And so as you grow in the things of God, this is an endurance thing. It's not a sprint yes. thing. This is an every day you're getting up and you're spending time with the Lord 
and you're praying and you're reading the word. And as you do that, the word starts to open up. And just like we said last week about revelation, you start to have revelation of the word as your spirit highlights things in the word to you. And so it's an endurance thing where your soul is becoming like your spirit. We talk about this a lot. I feel like in youth and in children's church, we talk about your, um, being, your spirit man being strong, right? Your spirit man is strong. And, <laughs> and your soul will either go lean flesh or lean spirit. Let me not stand right in front of it. Um, will either lean spirit or lean soul depending on what you feed it. So if you're feeding it the things you're getting from God or if you're feeding it the things that you're getting from the world. And like we talk about in youth a lot <clears throat> is that movies aren't bad, inherently bad. Social media isn't inherently bad. In the same way that money isn't inherently bad, it is a tool. It is a tool, and therefore it is neutral. I've had someone debate me on this. That's fine. You can think that. But money is a tool, and it is neutral, just like social media is a tool, and it is neutral. Movies, it's what you're deciding to watch, what you're deciding to listen to, what you're deciding to spend money on, and how to get that money is what makes it righteous and holy or unholy, right? So when it comes to your soul, whatever you're putting before your eyes and in your ears is going to affect your walk, period. Whether you think, oh, I'm strong, I know the word. If you keep watching garbage and keep listening to garbage, even though you go, well, I know what the word says, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out, period. No matter who you are, I don't care how spiritual you are, the word of God says it and so it's true. What you place before your eyes and in your ears is huge and plays a huge role in how your walk is with the Lord. So that's not just, you know, oh, yeah, tell that to the youth, tell that to the children's church what they're listening to. No, there's a lot of adults. Let me tell you, I've seen a lot of adults more on Facebook than I've seen youth on Facebook. I've seen, you know, what you're listening to, oh, there's an oldie. This is what I used to listen to. This is what you used to listen to. Maybe we should keep it in the youth. You know what I'm saying? Not saying all that. I mean, there's some songs that aren't, you know, necessarily Christian, because I'm happy, clap along. That's not a bad, I mean, whatever. Like, you're not, you know, (laughs) it's whatever, that's fine. (laughs) But you know what you're feeding your soul, and you know on the inside, oh, if that goes against the word of God, then I know mm, I shouldn't be listening to that. I shouldn't be following that, because you are um, automatically going to flow in that direction. No matter what, you know, um, Pastor Jonathan Shuttlesworth, he said he was he's evangelist he's also pastor he just started a church if you didn't know that but um he was talking about when you're driving on the road and he said when he looks at something on the side of the road he's he starts heading in that direction and he uses that talking about vision what you're looking at you're gonna head in that direction and so (laughs) just like that be so 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 very particular and careful about what you're putting before your eyes amen so The spirit is the part of man that deals with the spirit realm. Spirit, spirit, makes sense. The soul is the part that deals with the intellectual or the mental realm. And the body, obviously, is the part that deals with the physical realm. So it makes sense. You have an earth suit. God made earth. He had to put your spirit in something to walk around on earth, and so you have a body. But your spirit is how you have fellowship with God. So to fellowship with God, you have to be in the same category as God. God is spirit. You are spirit. So although you're triune, you actually are a spirit. You have a soul, and you're housed in a body. You are spirit first. That is who you are. Who you are is spirit. So you have to be in the same category, something to fellowship. Camels can fellowship with camels. 
birds with birds, right? You can't really fellowship with a camel or a bird. Like, people try to fellowship with their dogs. They give them birthdays and stuff. If you're like that, I'm sorry. I'm kind of roasting here, but that's weird. It's weird. He's not a human. Okay, I just got had to, had to let that out. That's been in my soul. <laughs> He's not, that's not your child. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but you can't really fellowship with your dog, right? But with God, because he's spirit and you're spirit, you can truly, intimately fellowship with God. And then also like when you're married, your spouse, you become one in your flesh. Your soul can even start, I mean, you start to think like your spouse, right? You start to say things like your spouse, right? I see y'all looking at each other. It's, (laughs) that's what I say. And you start picking up, wait a second, you know, you start, you really become one like that. Well, you are one spirit with God. It says those who are in God are one spirit with him, has been joined one spirit with him. And so we get fellowship with God spirit to spirit. Jesus was just as much Jesus as he was before he put on the flesh. Jesus has been Jesus his whole time. Flesh is an earth suit. And so, and we're getting a whole new body here soon, you know? So I'm not saying treat this like trash. Like, take care, right? See, take care. But... (laughs) But we are getting a new, praise God, we're getting a new, a new earth, or a new, yeah, when heaven and earth are together and we have a new body, you know, we're going to be glorified, you're going to have, you know, like Pastor Daryl said, he's going to have hair like he's, you know, or whatever it is, you know. Um, actually, this isn't like a super big detail important to the sermon, but I thought it was interesting that your spirit, if you look to the word, if you try to kind of figure out, does your, what does your spirit look like? Does your spirit look like you? Well, in the word... It actually does lean toward your spirit actually does look like kind of what you look like in the natural. Because um, um, who talked about it? John talked about it. Uh, Paul talked about, you know, whether I knew a man. He was talking about himself. Most scholars say he's talking about himself. Where he says, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. I wasn't sure. And so he talks about there, and you can see there that in the spirit, he looked the same kind of as he did in the natural. Kenneth Hagin talks about this in his book. Um, the threefold man. He talks about this in the back of the book. <laughs> so anyway, that's just a little, there's a couple other scriptures I'm trying to remember. There's a couple other scriptures that kind of give you a clue that you're, sp- oh, when the, um, the man that was in hell and he wanted a drop of water, the rich man in hell, um, that was his spirit. But he, Kenneth Hagin uses this as an example as well, saying that um, you could see who he was and it was just his spirit, but you could tell that it was the rich man. You could tell it was him. So your spirit probably looks like what you look like in the natural. So anyway, that's just, that's just to say that. But <laughs> that's just a freebie. But we are getting a whole new body, so praise God. That'll be fantastic. So the flesh is really just <clears throat> reacting. The flesh is just reacting to what's happening over here. Because you see, you see me kick my leg, right? You kick my leg. Okay, you think that's your body doing that. No, that's my spirit. You know how I know? Because if my spirit was gone, and my body was just laying up here, it wouldn't be able to kick. Your, spirit, your body's reacting to your, your real person, which is your spirit. Now you see people whose spirit has left their body, they can't do anything. Your body is just keeping you here, just reacting to everything else that you have going on. You actually see that. This is also another little side note, but you see when people, <clears throat> people even dress their body kind of with what's going on on the inside. So you see a lot of times people who are like depressed, going through stuff, usually don't dress up, put on makeup, usually pretty dark, wear, you know, baggier clothes, they don't want to really want to go on the light, they don't really want to, it, they're, it's reflecting on the outside what's going on on the inside. 
Like people do stuff crazy, or people wear, you know, wear females or males, usually more so females, that wear things that could cause an attraction with the eye, right? It's usually because of something on the inside where they want to be desired, they want to have, you know, these kind of things on the outside are really just reflecting what's the inner man, what's going on in your spirit. And so your flesh is just kind of reacting. Again, this is the flow. It starts here, into here, into here. And so those who don't have a renewed spirit, heathens, they're going to act like heathens because they're heathens. They don't have life in their spirit. They are a dead man. They're a dead man walking. And so it's going to reflect in their soul the things they're saying is death. They're speaking death, speaking poorly, trash, awful. And they're thinking that way. They're like, man, I don't know why all these things are happening to me. When this is death, this is death. And then you see in their body, and their bodies are breaking down. You know, they don't know the word of God. They don't know healing. They don't have life in their body. And so it's going to reflect what's going on on the inside. And so a lot of times we use uh, language when someone's physical body, when someone's spirit has left their body, you say, oh, they're dead. They're dead. But this is very much not the truth. (laughs) We know as a believer, and I get it. I'm not like, don't ever, don't say someone died if they, I get it. But truly, actually, this is very much not the truth. They are very much alive. And so their, bo- their spirit obviously has left their body, and now they are either. It says, it says you're with the Lord the, immediately if you're a believer, and your spirit leaves your body. <laughs> then you are with the Lord. Obviously, if you're not a believer, then you're going to be in hell. But the thing is, you're very much not, uh, how do I say this? I feel like because you've grown up in the world and used this kind of vocabulary, your mind has kind of been trained to think that's where it ends. Even though we know, we go, no, we know we have eternal life. How is, how is your thought process, how are you actually thinking about eternal life? Because when you actually start reading about eternal life and you hear preaching on it and you start really thinking about it, how many of you know in here, you're like, I got to go soul winning. I got to go soul winning. I got to give more. I got, when you actually start thinking eternally minded rather than temporary minded, which most people, the word, the verbiage they're using is very temporary. So, oh, they're dead. They're not dead. They're alive. There's some, there's only two places they could be right now. And so, (laughs) and so, um, you know, just think about what you think about. Think about what you're meditating on. You really need to start thinking correctly. The world thinks very physically, very sensely, very temporarily. But you notice, like I said, when you start thinking eternally minded, all of a sudden you want to soul win and you want to give more. Pastor Mark um, usually says this when he's doing the offering message. He's like, if this was the last offering that you knew, this is the last offering you were going to have before Jesus returned. Like, right after this offering, Jesus is coming back. What, how would you give? How would you give if you knew Jesus is coming back right after that offering? You're like, man, I got to give everything. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm giving it all. Like, I'm, Jesus yeah. about to return. What am I about to do with this money? Let me just put it yeah. into the kingdom. Right. And so, obviously, I know that every offering, you cannot empty out your bank account. When I was in Bible school in Tampa, that's basically what I did. <laughs> every offering, I was emptying out my bank account. But I was also, you know, at that time. Okay, we're not going to get into that story. But, <laughs> but you see that when you start thinking eternally minded, you start thinking correctly, then you actually start lining up with the word. And, oh, man, like I said, I need a soul win. I got to give, I got to reach out to that family member I haven't talked to in like five years, and I need to talk to them. We should restore some of these relationships. Let me check on my cousin. How is he doing? How is she doing? Right? Because now you're thinking 
with an eternal mindset. Now you're thinking actually how you should because you are an eternal being. You are a spirit first. And so you ought to think like you're a spirit first. Amen. You ought to feed your spirit first. We do a lot of feeding this over here. But we got, we have, I mean, we have to start really, really, really focusing on who you actually are in your spirit and letting that pour over into your soul by feeding your spirit and feeding it into your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Amen? Amen. So, <clears throat> let me look at the time. All right. All right. We're doing good. Ten more minutes. So, hearing from God, <clears throat> I would say a lot of people, you know, wouldn't actually have the issue if Jesus showed up in front of them and said, do this. They wouldn't really have an issue doing it if Jesus showed up right in front of them. I think that the issue that people have with obe- obeying God and hearing the voice of God is actually knowing, is this me or is this God? I think that is the largest part. I think most people want to be obedient. I think most people want to do what God's telling them to do. I just think that there's a wrestling on the inside is, is this God or is this me? And there's a reason for that. <laughs> so, a lot of times, <clears throat> growing up at least, you think about hearing the voice of God. I'd say, especially before you were in church, maybe as a kid, even maybe even as an adult, if you just, you know, got into the things of God and really started going to church, really started reading your word, and you might think, well, when God speaks to me, it'll be a very distinct and loud this is God, because that's what movies say. <laughs> I am God, listen to me. And that has happened before. I actually know a couple ministers that God is, they've heard God audibly. But 99% of the time, it's not going to be audibly. The thing is, that is a very Old Testament way of thinking. So in the Old Testament, they had to hear God audibly. Yeah. Moses, all these great men and women of God, they had to hear God audibly. God was on the outside of them, not on the inside of them. So they had to. But we now have the better part, a better covenant. We now have God himself on the inside, living on the inside of us. And so you might be like, oh, well, like I know that. Listen, I can almost guarantee you that the next time the Lord speaks to you on something, especially if it's big, especially if it's sacrificial, that you're going to kind of, is this me? Is this God? Is this me? Is this God? And so... Now that you have God on the inside of you, not only is God separate, but he's just in you, it actually says that you will become one spirit with him. And so now that you're one spirit with him, it's going to sound like it's you. As your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, as you start thinking like God thinks, when he says something, it's going to seem like it's you. Your thoughts are now God's thoughts. Your desires did I write this? Your desires start to change based on what's been going on in your spirit. And so you'll start to have the same desires as God. You'll start to think like God and have emotion, even emotions, how, you're, how you feel will even be like, what, what does God feel in this situation? When he sees that, is he like, does that hurt him? You know, when there's sin, is, it, does that, is that something that upsets you and like, oh, I got to stop that? Is there, you know, that conviction on the inside of you because now he's on the inside of you? But when he speaks and tells you to do something, it's going to a lot of times sound like it's you because you are now one spirit with him. John G. Lake goes into this in this book. Really, really good. He talks about how a lot of times Christians are still in the, the mindset that oh, God is just working through me. 
And again, if you use this term, I won't be like, hey, you're wrong, stop saying that. I even would still say that. <clears throat> but he goes into depth here how Christians will a lot of times use that term, God's working through me, as if God is a separate entity. And so he really goes into the fact that you are one with Christ. Get that in your mind, in your heart. You are now one with him. Yes. His thoughts and your thoughts are alike. And so it's not, oh, God's just working through me like you're a pawn. But really, it's you're working together. You are co-laborer. Like you're, you are like a partner with God in your life. When it comes to the things in your life, when it comes to everything that pertains to you, you are a partner with God. It's God and you. He's not doing anything separate from you. And you can't do anything separate from him. God, God, uh, you can't do what God can do, but God won't do what you can do. God still has to use people on this earth. God is still going to work with you when it comes to anything pertaining to life on this earth, where he's given you dominion on this earth. Amen? So your desires, they become like his when you fellowship with him. And what's happening there is it's saturating your soul, <clears throat> moving from your spirit to your soul. I'm going to read real quick. Oh, yes. Okay. I like time because there's like really good stuff in here. I wanted to see what page. Let's read. I want to read about the personality. All right, uh, page 31 in this Spiritual Hunger book by John G. Lake. <clears throat> He's talking about personality here. So this is the soul. I love what he said here. So he said, once while I was in Chicago, I met a couple of old friends who invited me to dinner. And at dinner, the lady, who's a very frank woman, said, Mr. Lake, I have known you so long and have had such close fellowship with you for so many years that I'm able to speak perfectly frankly. And I said, yes, absolutely. Well, she said, there's something I miss about you. For lack of words, I'm going to put it in Paul's words. I bear about in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And she said, you do not seem to have the marks of Jesus. She's talking to John G. Lake. You know, you know who John G. Lake is? All right. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, he said, I said, that depends on whether it is the marks or the mannerisms. If you're expecting that the personality God gave me is going to be changed so that I will be another man and not myself, then you'll be disappointed. If those are the kinds of marks you're looking for, you will not find them. But if you are expecting to observe a man's flesh and blood, bones, spirit, and mind indwelt by God, then you will find them. Not a machine, not an, automa uh, not an imitation, but a man with a clear mind and a pure heart, a son of God in nature and in essence. What is all God's effort with the world but to bring out the real man in the image of Christ, that real man with the knowledge of God, <clears throat> that real man reconstructed until his very substance is the substance of God. And when you stop to reason that to its proper conclusion, that is the only way in which Jesus Christ himself or God the eternal Father, Father will ever keep from living in loneliness forever and ever. When one stops to analyze that fact, we see that God is trying to make us in all our nature and being and habits and thought, so it's on the soul, and all the structure of our life just as beautiful and just as real and just as clear-minded and strong as Jesus himself. Then we understand what Christ's redemption means. It is the bringing out of Christ until in you until Christ in you is the one manifested. Manifest through your eyes, just as God was manifest through the eyes of Jesus. Manifest through your touch, just as God was manifest through Jesus. 
not a power or a life separate from yourself, but two lives made one. Two natures joined, two minds operating as one, Christ in you. That is the plan all along of Christ in you. That is what God has planned for you as a believer, as being one with Christ. Not that your personality goes away like he was telling that lady. She's like, I expected you. There's people who are like, I think they say to pastor, I didn't know you were, I didn't know you were a pastor. Actually, I think someone said that to me the other day. <laughs> oh, you're a pastor. I didn't, you know, in this meaning, how they think someone of the clergy would act. And I have no personality and I'm a stick. No, no. God actually uses your personality. He uses your personality. But when, you're pa- when, you're, when your personality or emotions or anything like that doesn't line up with the word of God, that's not your personality. That's just you being, that's just rebellion. That's just, that's sin. That's, that's, that's um, you know, I'm like this because I'm Italian. Doctor, uh, Pastor Daryl talks about this a lot. I'm loud and I'm, and I'm, I'm angry and I talk like that because I'm Italian. But if your flesh is dictating this rather than your spirit dictating this, you're in the wrong and you got to change. Period. Let it, let that resonate on the inside of you. If anything in your personality doesn't resemble Christ, then you got to change it. Let your, let your mind be transformed by the word of God. Amen. And we have one minute. I want to read one more thing to you because it's so good. I have to, I have to. Okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ operates through you. He does not operate independently of you. He operates through you. Man and God become united. That is the divine secret of a real Christian life. It is the real union, the conscious union of man and God. There is no substitute for that relationship. You can manufacture ordinances and symbols until you become dazed with them all, but you still must find God. So the reality of it is you are one with Christ, and you are a reflection of the Godhead here on earth and to other people. And uh, what's happening whenever your soul, whenever you're fellowshipping, fellowshipping with God, is that what's moving from the spirit is saturating into your soul, and now you start to look like, act like, talk like, walk like Jesus. Um, I did a sermon called Transfiguration one of the Wednesdays about you exactly that, looking like, talking like, acting like Jesus. And so really on this earth, you are to be Jesus to everybody else on this earth. It should be like no clear distinction between you and him because you're one you're one spirit with him. Let me see if I can do this last point. It's 10 o'clock, but I'm like, Ooh. okay, let me just say this real quick. Proverbs chapter three, it says, acknowledge God in all your ways. Amen. Acknowledge God in all your ways. And so yes. be aware of God all the time. Be aware of the indwelling Holy Ghost on the inside of you all the time. I'm gonna give you a quick example and then I'm gonna wrap it up with, uh, by praying. <clears throat> you know when you're looking uh, for a car, it's a car that you really like and a car that you've been wanting to buy and you never seen that car on the road until you started looking into that car, and now when you drive, you see that car everywhere. I've seen seven of them today, but you never noticed it before. Were the cars still there? Yes, they were still there. But now you're aware. Be so aware of indwelling Holy Spirit. Be so aware of your union with Christ that it reflects in everything else that you do. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for this powerful... Uh, word of God that's transforming the lives of the people in this room, Lord. I thank you that as the light, uh, the understanding, the revelation of the word penetrates our heart, I thank you that we act it out, that we use it in our everyday life, we apply it to our lives. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for the growth in this body of Christ at Word of Life Church. Lord, I thank you this next service. I thank you that you anoint and you've blessed uh, 
Pastor Justin's mouth to preach your word. I thank you for this amazing service that's going to take place. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.